This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club podcast. This is Bex and I'm very excited because today's is absolutely epic. We'll be chatting to Stephen Butler, to Greg James and Chris Smith and Abby Elphinstone as well. So keep on listening for all of that. But first, I think we really need my big book brain-busting question. Today's question is this. In Peter Pan, what was Tinkerbell originally going to be called? Is it A, Tippy Toe, B, Sparkle Wing, or C, Fairy Fly? Hmm, it's tricky, right? I'll tell you the answer a little bit later on. Don't you worry about that. First up, let's listen to what happened when Dan chatted to Stephen Butler. It's fun, kids. You're listening to Dan. Big news. The most monstrous place to stay is back. There's a brand new Nothing to See Here hotel book out. It's number three. It's called Seeing is Believing. And the author, Stephen Butler, is in the studio. Stephen, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good or, stuff. Nice to see you. Lovely to see you. So, the most monstrous place to stay in the world. <laughs> if, if, you, if I was going on holiday there, you, as a travel agent, why should I stay at the Nothing to See Here hotel? Well, you couldn't, sadly. You wouldn't be able to see it because you're a human. But, yeah, it's the most popular place for magicals in the whole world. So, um... Yes, they're all flooding to Brighton for the summer. <laughs> and this is the third book. Yep. So just kind of take us through what we might have missed in the first two so far. Number one uh, introduces the hotel and the family. The, the main character is a little boy called Frankie Bannister, who's a little mixed species child. He's got a quarter troll. He's got a great, great, great grandmother who's a troll. And, um, and yeah, so book one sees the arrival of a goblin prince who comes to stay with his massive entourage and causes complete havoc. And there's a lot of plot twists, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. And then number two uh, is set right in the middle of the summer and it's the, it's the magical new year. They have theirs on the longest day of the summer and um, all the celebrations are ruined when a family of yetis show up and they travel, yetis travel by blizzard. And they arrive and cover the whole of Brighton in snow. And so the summer holiday is ruined. And again, lots of plot twists, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. And then book three um, sees the arrive. I can tell you this. It's not really. This isn't a spoiler. Sees the arrival of great, great, great granddad Abraham's ghost. And great, great, great granddad Abraham. It's not very easy to say. Built the hotel with Regurgita, who was his troll wife. And his ghost comes back and opens up a whole underwater half of the hotel that they didn't know existed. And there's lots of scary things waiting for them at the bottom of the sea. Because it's it's great, 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 great grandpa's um, yes. <laughs> birthday, isn't it? It yes. starts with a, a, a yeah. party. Talk us through what a monster uh, kind of ghostly birthday party would be like. Well, um, in my books, there's a party in every single book. I, did, I decided quite a long time ago that magicals love to celebrate. <laughs> so there's always a party. Book four that I'm writing now opens with a party. So, um, yeah, they're, they're always celebrating. There's always room. There's always room and reason for food and drink <laughs> and if you can um well what's the favorite very quickly what's the favorite party food uh, a monstery birthday party oh god there's loads um uh they will in book two there's a huge dinner party and there's oh god millions of things um i can't i can't think of any off the top of my head now there's termite trifle and curried mud whifflers and hashed brownies which i quite like yeah, and in the new one, you've you've said we're going under the sea. Yeah, seeing is believing. Um, talk us through what it's like as an author inventing these magical worlds that you can just explore and write such beautiful words in. I really love it. Um, each book, I kind of added something new. So book one was very much comedy, and then book two was comedy 
with a bit of a bit of scariness thrown in and then for book three i try i kept those there's a there's definitely some scariness there's definitely some comedy but i tried to add a bit of a sense of kind of wonder as well so um the other half of the hotel exists inside a bubble um at the bottom of a huge trench in the ocean um in the middle of a in the middle of a massive coral garden so it's quite it was fun to describe so three books in now working with an illustrator who does such incredible uh, drawings like Stephen Lenton, has that changed how you write your stories at all so far down the line? Are you kind of thinking more with his pencil in mind? Oh, definitely. Yeah, the first I wrote the first one before Stephen Lenton was on board. So the characters existed in my head completely differently to how they turned out. And then once you start seeing them, I now write with them in mind so I know what they look like. So, yeah, it definitely changes the way you write. You have more of a cinematic view of it because I now know exactly what they look like and how what they wear and how they move because of Stephen's illustration. So, yeah, definitely. And you're, uh, you said you're writing your fourth book now? Yep. What can we expect from that? Where are you going to take us this time? We've been up mountains, we've been under the sea. What's happening for number four? Oh, I don't want to give too much away, but... Um, we're going to we're going back to the city of the Barrow Goblins, where Prince Grogbar in book one originally came from. I'm not telling you why or what happens, but yes, we're leaving the hotel properly for the first time. Uh, because obviously, even in the third one, when they're underwater, they're still in part of the hotel. But um, we're we're properly leaving the hotel for quite a big chunk of the book. And what's it like writing these type of stories for you? I mean, you know, you've written standalone books before. Uh, I know that you're writing books about dogs with James Patterson and, and you've done Dennis the Menace stuff. What's it like having this world that is entirely your own creation and you can kind of go with it wherever you'd like? It's definitely the most fun. I love it because this, this is the one series I do where I answer to nobody but myself, which is scary as well, because if it turns out that the book is rubbish, that is my fault. But um, yeah, it's been lovely. My editor, when I first got this job and got this commissioned, uh, basically said, kind of, do your worst. And so I went creatively nuts all over it. But um, yeah, this is definitely the most... Stephen Butler book I've written. I love that as um as a, just as an adjective really. It's a Stephen Butler thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well you're saying going creatively nuts. How do you kind of do that? You know, you're talking about termite trifle earlier on. Do, do you sit there, you know, with a pen and a paper, having a brainstorm thinking, right, what insanely wacky things can I dream up for Frankie to do oh, this? To-? Not so much things like food, but like names. I'm obsessed with naming my characters. And um Yes, so I've got loads of weird lists of strange words and names. All I, my phone is full of. Them. Are there any uh, crazy names that maybe you haven't used and that you won't use that you can kind of drip feed us? Uh, there's a new character in book. There's a new character in book three that's obviously coming out very very soon, and her name is Viscera von Tangle, and she's a a pisky princess. And then there's a captain of the guard, of the goblin guard that I'm writing at the moment, which obviously won't be out for a while. So this is seriously early news. But um, my editor hasn't even seen this yet. <laughs> uh, there's a captain of the goblin guard called Gullivantus Grumpwhistle. So he's in there. Yeah. <laughs> Viscera. I immediately know what kind of character Viscera is. It's just such a, a fantastic word just to say, let alone read. Um, chatting just a few weeks after World Book Day. Yep. What's it like as an author to be sent loads of photos from people all around the country that are dressed up as characters that were dreamed up in your head? It's amazing. It's absolutely wonderful, particularly because I have a real problem with cute. 
I, I can't bear the current trends of unicorns and these kind of pretty skippy ballerina fairies. So I, my favourite, I had some really lovely ones, I, br- brilliant, particularly from girls, which really pleased me as well. Um, but I had one um, photograph from a little girl who dressed as Maudlin Maloney, who is the absolutely foul leprechaun from book two. And it made me so happy seeing a little girl with like matted hair and fangs and ugly. She'd drawn massive like wrinkles across her forehead and warts rather than someone being a pretty pink fairy. It really (laughs) made me happy. So, yeah, it was great. Amazing. Uh, Well, yeah, the brand new Nothing to See Here Hotel book is out now. It's number three. Seeing is believing. Uh, You can find out loads more over at funkidslive.com. Stephen Butler, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much to Stephen Butler for popping by to Fun Kids. Speaking of people popping by to Fun Kids, my favourite bookworm, Imogen, is here. Hello. Hello. Now, you've got some books in front of you that look particularly excellent. I do, I do, I do, I do. I have five wonderful books for you this month. And we are kicking off with Marsha Williams, and her book is called Cloud Boy. What is going on in Cloud Boy, Imogen? So, in Cloud Boy, uh, there are two best friends and almost twins called Harry Christmas and... And Angie Moon and they were born only two days apart and they've been partners in crime uh, for the last mm. uh, remainder of their lives and uh, they love cloud spotting and sweet eating and tree house building and all the fun stuff that you love to do with your best friends but sadly uh, Harry gets taken to hospital because he gets these headaches that won't go away and he gets really poorly so he needs Angie more than ever And whilst all this is going on, Angie's grandma Gertie begins reading them letters that she wrote to her cat back when she was imprisoned in uh, Chang'ai jail as a child. Oh, wow. In Japan. Um, And that kind of reveals another kind of heartbreaking story alongside everything. Um, And it really, it's a really fascinating book because it brings two completely kind of different friendship stories together um, and it's all about strength and bravery and courage and it's a little bit sad but it's a brilliant brilliant book and I would uh, truly implore you to read it it sounds pretty heavy but pretty great yeah that's exactly what it is excellent stuff Uh, what is the next book you've got there oh I recognise this one the next one is uh, yes you do recognise it it's Amelia Fang and The Half Moon Holiday by Laura Ellen Anderson oh one of my favourites your favourites now in this book uh, Amelia Fang is on her half moon holidays uh, which is kind of I guess like a like a what would you call it? Half term. Half term, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so she wants to spend it with her Rainbow Rangers troop on Sugar Plum Island. And um, then suddenly, whilst they're exploring, Amelia and her friends all shrunk to the size of bugs. Uh oh. Really tiny. Um, and they have to make a big journey and break the curse, but they're also very tiny. And I've got a little bit of a reading for you of when they find out they're tiny. <gasps> Go for it. When Amelia woke, the full moon was bright. She sat up and rubbed her eyes in confusion. The moon was meant to be a half moon. It was the half moon holiday after all, but as Amelia came to, she noticed even more moons. More moons? What? Amelia realised that what she was staring at weren't actually full moons at all. They were the glowing plums on the tree. Except they were much bigger than before. Florence sleep burped and woke herself up. (laughs) Yeesh, she said. They've grown big. Grimaldi yawned and rose slowly, followed by a rather agitated Tangine. Where's my eyelid cream? 
The prince mumbled. I need my eyelid cream right now. Pumpy, did you eat it? Pumpy responded with one padoof and rolled over onto a sleepy squashy. Amelia looked around to see that the grass they'd been lying on had grown too, but not by a little bit. It was now three times as tall as Florence. And the Rainbow Ranger guidebooks that they'd been able to hold in one hand were now the size of tents. Hold on, said Amelia as the world around her began to make sense. She looked up and saw leaves as big as boats and flowers as big as houses. I don't think the plums are bigger, she said, feeling her stomach twist. I think we are much, much smaller. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Excellent stuff. Great reading as well. Thanks. Thank you so much for that. So that's Amelia Fang's brand new adventure. Yes, Amelia Fang and the Half Moon Holiday. Go read it now. Awesome stuff. What is up next? Next is another firm favourite of the book club. It's Chris Hoy's Flying Fergus. Of course, yeah. I thought I recognised the title there, yeah. Now this is the tenth book in the Flying Fergus series uh, and it's called The Photo Finish. And in the tenth book it is competition time and the Hercules hopefuls are at the international championships at last but there's lots more uh, competition pressures now his best friend Daisy has moved away uh, Mum and Jambo are distracted by their wedding Grandpa and Choppy Wallace are having problems with the team sponsor uh, who is making ludicrous uh, ideas like banning the team from eating bananas and making them scoff biscuits <laughs> instead which you know probably isn't great for a not great but delicious an award winning uh, cycling no. team no yeah delicious though yeah true all this fuss means they've kind of lost their focus but can Fergus and his friends pull it back and make it over the line to get to gold you will have to find out <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, what's the fourth book there? It looks pretty cool. The fourth book is The Closest Thing to Flying by Jill Lewis. In this book, it's about two girls. So, uh, Samira is an Eritrean refugee who's living in the UK with her mum and a man called Robel who controls their money and their food and every uh, move in the UK. And he kind of threatens them so that if they don't do what he says, they'll be sent home back to Eritrea. So he's not a very nice man. Uh, then one day, Samira finds herself buying an old hat in a market. And in that hat box, she finds an old diary hidden inside it, written by a young girl called Hen over a hundred years ago. And both us and Samira find ourselves caught up in Hen's story, uh, finding it kind of escape from her own life. And she finds that she's challenged by Hen uh, to speak up and to fight for her place in the world. And there's some really cool parallels between their stories and Hen's story is kind of told through this diary of letters um, and you can see parallels and Hen becomes kind of a, a type of best friend to Samira um, and it's a really lovely read. And also the front cover is amazing. I know we shouldn't judge book by covers. It really no. should. I mean, they're riding bikes. There's a bike theme in this this month. Great. Um, but yeah, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous cover. I know you shouldn't judge, but we always do. And uh, finally, what is the last book you've got there? The last book is the funnest title to say in the world. Gribble Bob's Book of Unpleasant Goblins. Oh, that is fun. Gribble Bob's Book of Unpleasant Goblins. Yeah, I yes, like that. By David Ashby. So, one day on a very normal afternoon on the way home from school, uh, brother and sister Niels and Anna meet a very extraordinary character called Bob Gribble. Now, little do they know that Bob is actually a goblin called Gribble Bob from the other side of the veil. 
As his real identity becomes clear, Niels and Anna find themselves in the middle of an adventure to save books from a super evil witch, also encountering an invisible dog and two unlikely heroes amongst a curious mix of new friends. It's kind of an adventure book, it's a bit fantasy-ish, it's a really funny book and it reminds you of friends, family, belief and standing up uh, amongst the scariest of energies and if you have a ginger biscuit and an invisible dog that helps too i have neither of those things but i will try and get one yeah get them and read the book and you will be complete bex excellent stuff that's gribble bob's book of unpleasant goblins it is indeed it's quite fun to say you're right so good gribble bob Gribble Bob. Uh, Imogen, thank you so much for popping by. They are excellent books for this month. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, right, next up, let's go and find out uh, a little bit about Greg James and Chris Smith's brand new book in the Kid Normal series. It's Kid Normal and the Shadow Machine. Uh, I'm joined by Chris Smith and Greg James. Hello. Hello. I was trying to put you off before we started and it worked. Yeah, no, it did a little bit, yeah, because you were kind of doing your vocal exercises. One, two, one, two. Do that every morning for the show? Don't you get up about three o'clock in the morning and do that for an hour? Just do that, yeah, yeah. An hour solid while doing yoga. Why do you do it outside my window? It's really annoying. I want you to stop. You're disturbing my cat. Um, so are you going to do the whole thing in song? The, the whole No, I, song? I won't be annoying for the whole thing. I'm very No, sorry. no, it's fine. No, I love it. Um, we um, should mention you've got a book out. Probably should tell people that. Yes, well, we, we've been on Fun Kids a couple of times to talk about Kid Normal and we feel like Kid Normal's natural home is Fun Kids and your amazing listeners seem to really enjoy reading our books. So we love coming back to talk to them about anything else we do. So we've got the third book, Kid Normal and the Shadow Machine, is is our new book and it's the third one in the series. It's quite amazing, isn't it, that we published three books. I have mm. to pinch myself just so you don't pinch me for me because I also hate that. Can you pinch me to check that we're not? Yep. Ah. Unnecessarily hard. That was good. Yeah, good. still there. We're awake. Yeah, yeah. good. It's um, real life. No, we we've we've uh, we love this story very very much. We we love all the stories, but this one in particular, we feel like I I don't I, I dare to say I think we've improved as writers. I think so. I think so. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got sort of. Uh, I mean, it's still got lots of stupidity in it. Don't worry. Good. There is lots of ridiculousness. There is a huge fight with vegetables. There's all kinds of ridiculousness going on. But underneath it, I suppose there's always been a kind of serious plot underneath the kid normal books. But this one is quite uh, well. I mean, without giving too much away, we had to write our characters having a bit of an argument, a bit of a falling out <laughs> for the first time ever, which was really hard to do. Yeah, Murph has a bit of a tough time of it, doesn't he? He has a very tough yeah. time of it. We can't reveal why because that would completely ruin the plot. I know because I, I've read the book obviously and really, really loved it. And then I was like, what can I mention that wouldn't spoiler it? <laughs> For the listeners. I mean, it's quite you, tricky. Also, you say you've read it, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's... We'd like to say thank you. Oh, OK. Very professional, folks. Yeah. That's very professional of you. Not not that many people will bother to do that before they do an interview, so thanks. That's all right. I've got to do... I mean, it's a great book anyway, so it's not a hardship, let's face it. So where we pick it up is uh, at the end of uh, Kid Normal and the Rogue Heroes, which was the second book. Yes. And spoiler alert if you haven't read that one yet. There was a huge jailbreak, and the planet's most dangerous supervillains are now out and about... Uh, and the Heroes Alliance uh, and Murph and his friends who are members of the Alliance are really stretched to kind of uh, keep this kind of locked down because the world of heroes has got to remain secret. But Magpie, of course, who's the worst villain of all, has got some very, very, very sneaky plans and he's particularly angry with Murph and he's got a dastardly plan to kind of get his revenge. Uh, it's, it's one of those... It's the, the, you'll realise when you start reading it that uh, not everything is as it seems in the first uh, couple of chapters in particular. Mm. You'll go, 
What has what's going on here? Yes, that's exactly it. That's a great way of not spoiling it, but also yeah, that's yes. great. That's perfect. Um, in the book, you obviously have lots of action scenes. Do you act them out with each other when you're <laughs> kind of like writing it? Absolutely. Yes, yes. you yes. do. <laughs> Very yeah, much yeah so. we yes. do. That's one of the joys of actually writing together is that we get to do all the dialogue with each other. So this, oh. these are also in audio book form, but that's sort of how we write them as well. Right. One of us will suddenly be Magpie for half an hour. That's pretty fun. Or you'll be Mr. Flash for a little bit. Being Mr. Flash is the most fun. I think. <laughs> right? and, Mr. and Mr. Superman as well, who's the the head teacher of the school, who gets his words a bit mixed up. Sometimes. I do feel a bit sorry for him. Yeah, we do very much yeah. love Mr. Superman. He's fun to do. So yeah, we act them out. And I think because we sort of both come from a radio background. You know, as you'll know, part of doing radio is that you can see the pictures in your head. Mm. So I think we can really clearly see these kind of action scenes in our heads as we're as we're doing it. So we like writing big, massive fights and inventing new flying machines and new scary supervillains. Partly because if it ever does get made into a film, it'll just get really more and more expensive and complicated <laughs> as the books go on. We're like, now this time we've got another flying car and it's slightly <laughs> more expensive than the last one. There's something amazing about, and I'm sure your listeners who write stories will agree with this, is that... You can write anything. You can sort of write yeah. yourself out of any minor problem that you might have. You go, oh, we need to get them from there to the battle. How do we we'll just make up a plane? And then you just suddenly go, how do we? Hang on, how, how do they get up to the top of that, the top of that wall? Oh well, I'll just put springs in his feet. Obviously, so yeah, can, sure. So you can just make up these things, and it's that is actually really exciting. Because there is one more out, right? There's just <laughs> There'll one, be one more. In the... more. There will be one more next March, yeah. March 2020. Um, but we haven't started writing it yet, so mm. we can't spoil that fine. for you. We actually think this is quite a good um, way to get into the series, actually. This did, we deliberately wrote the third one like this because it, it sums everything up nicely yeah, yeah. and sits on its own as its own adventure. And then when you finish it, you might go, do you know what, I was going to see how this all started. But if you were to dive into this and now, mm-hmm. you wouldn't go, well, the What's all this about? You can totally get it straight away. Yeah, yeah. Hope and so. also, very handily, there's a little uh, the first chapter of the first book is at the back, right? Of course, yes. It's a very, very sneaky way of getting people See? to just maybe go back and get the first book. Yeah, very clever. Do you want to know a trade secret why that's actually there, Bex? Always. Because the pages of a book have to be uh, in, in a number that's divisible by sixteen. And there were some spare ones at the back. No. <laughs> yeah, true. Is that why? Trade yeah. book secret there. But we just thought we have a bit of space at the back. What should we do? Should we do some doodles? Yeah. Shall we write the lyrics to a, a musical? <laughs> no, we'll do that. Do that next time. <laughs> next time. Kid Normal the musical. We were kind of out of time. We just thought we'd just do a spare, like a blank page for sort of knots and crosses or something. Sure, just but we thought this notes. is more creative. Uh, now, um, every author who comes in does my little quick fire round of questions. <laughs> is it okay to do that with you right yeah. now? Yeah. Like, no judgment. Was that, was that but... one of the questions? Hang on, do, ask the question again. Is it okay to yes. snap? Yep. Okay, good. You already got the quick fire round. Yes. Better than most authors already. We have, we know. Thanks very much. Is this, okay. this is so tense. Okay, books or Kindles? Books. Wow. Um, heroes or villains? Heroes. Villains. <gasps> oh, very telling. Okay. Not because they're the ones I love, but they are the most fun to write. Mm. Like doing, especially Nectar from the first book, who was the evil half man, half wasp. Quick fire round. I'm always in the quick fire <laughs> round. Quick fire, quick fire, quick fire. So this, much fun. this is how it always yes. happens, don't worry. Come okay, um, Angel or Mary? Mary. Oh. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh, that's oh. a great question. Both. Both. <laughs> Optimistic. Good. I like yeah. it. Good. Why okay. Not? One after the other. Yeah. 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 Uh, Film right. adaptation followed by TV tie-in. Yes. Great. <laughs> great, great, great. Merchandising. Uh, writing or reading? Writing. Are you writing? Yes. Okay. I uh, probably have to say that for the brand, really. Uh, <laughs> Batman or Superman? Superman. Batman. Ooh. Controversial. Hogwarts or Narnia? Oh, that's so oh hard. Oh my God, that's the hardest question we've ever been asked. So wow, hard. yes, made it finally. Narnia. <gasps> Hogwarts. Sorry. Hogwarts, okay. Uh, Sorry, Jacob Rowling. Ravenclaw forever. Uh, laptop or right by hand? Hand. Laptop. 
But not not for not the book. <laughs> that would take a long time. That'd be ridiculous. But I quite like doodling. Okay. Not writing nonsense. Right, that's okay. That's allowed. Yeah. I doodle on my laptop because it's a touchscreen. <laughs> it's all right for some, isn't it? It's not too bad. Uh, Roald Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl. Thought that might be the answer. Legend. Uh, books or radio? Radio. Oh, books. Okay. Okay. Uh, bookshop visit or school tour? School tour. Oh, we love doing school events. Oh, They're good, okay. so brilliant. The school stuff. We're doing quite a lot, actually, for, for this book. We're doing some school stuff. We. It's the most fun because yeah. it's confirmation that the people you're writing the books for enjoy the books you're, you're there and if they're coming up to you with questions about the characters you're like okay good well that got into your head so that will keep doing it and also we love it because our live event is really silly and we make up a story and there's lots of running around and shouting and being crazy characters we normally do them at assembly time and then we just hand the kids back to the teachers like really wired and ready the to go of giving them loads of sugar and then yeah. be like bye then exactly. see you later like, good yeah. luck with that <laughs> <laughs> I bet the teachers love you so much Yes. also do. it's quite good because we get to look, snoop around the school but sort of backstage mm. so we see all the workings of the school sometimes we're allowed in the staff room the staff room's the best bit right yeah yeah, yeah it's really cool it still yeah. makes me nervous yeah. you're going in a staff room it's like a it holy of holies isn't it smell a bit weird as well yeah oh coffee it yeah. like coffee and sweat yes um, yeah. do you write 9 to 5 or do you write when you fancy well we can't really write 9 to 5 because we have got stuff know, on really other stuff going on so yeah. we, we've written more often in the evenings haven't we so mm. it's yeah when we fancy 5 to 9 and who, who does the typing out of interest we swap around. We do switch around a bit. I, I quite like pacing. Uh, okay. Chris is sort of better at concentrating than I am. So you, you probably are a better typist. He's just typing. a child, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last question is the biggest one and the most controversial one. Salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Salt and cheese vinegar. Onion. Salt. Are you... What is wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh, man. Salt and vinegar. Um, well, so salt and vinegar was the correct answer. The rest of them, I didn't mind what you said. So sadly, easy. that was, <laughs> that was the main one. So, yeah. shall I do I have to so go. sorry, Chris. Yeah. I have to go. Fine. It was lovely. It was nice that you came. But well, I'm glad you've enjoyed chatting about Kid Normal and the Shadow <laughs> Machine by Greg James. Some other guy who's no longer relevant. Some guy who just likes <laughs> cheese and onion. Um, Kid Normal and the Shadow Machine is out right now. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Hooray. In shops and... On the World Wide Web. How On the exciting. whole of the internet. Yeah. How does that even work? So everybody should go buy it, like, immediately, I guess. Well, I don't think everybody has to buy it. That, they that should, That would sound though. a bit, um, you know, a bit bossy of us. I mean, we, we would love it if everybody bought it. Yeah. That would be great. That would, you know... Yeah. yeah. If you like if you like fun... Yes, I do. you should buy the book. Okay. And if you like the idea of reading and escaping into a magical world where anything can happen, then also you should buy it. Can also, you... if you like... Um, dogs. Yeah. You should buy it. If you like salt and vinegar flavour crisps, <coughs> yeah. Yeah. or if you don't like them and you prefer a different flavour of crisps, that's fine. You should buy the book. If you don't like laughing, yes. you should not. This book is not for you. It's no. just for people who don't like laughing. Not for them. If you don't not like laughing, if you don't right. like adventures, don't buy it. Yeah. Okay. Buy something duller. Yeah, like a, um, a pencil. A pen. Okay, and then write your own book, I guess. We could do. Yeah. yeah now you've made it exciting. <laughs> okay. There's so many rules to kid normal. I didn't realise this. <laughs> it's only when you start writing them down. Oh yeah. man. So okay. I, I I like adventures. I like laughing. Um. I also um like all crisps, but mostly something. And mm-hmm. dogs. So that means I can have this book. Please. What do you know? What. Have this copy. Thanks. Cheers, man. Thanks. Brilliant. Uh, Kid Normal out right now. Okay, and I think we've got a little reading from the brand new book as well. So this is part of Chapter 9 of Kid Normal and the Shadow Machine. Now, Murph's superhero school is obviously secret, but his mum's got very curious about it. So the head teacher, Mr Superman, is having to put on a fake parents' evening. But because Mr Superman gets a lot of things wrong, it's taking place in the morning. (laughs) So here they are at parents' evening morning. 
Welcome, Katie, to our school, our wonderful, perfectly normal school. Murph gave the head a glare, making his eyes go so wide that they looked like they might actually pop out and smack Mr. Superman round the face. It had been bad enough explaining to his mum that parents' evening would take place before school in the morning. And now, thanks to Mr. Superman's total inability to operate under any kind of social pressure, the weirdness gauge was creeping up by the second. Good morning, Murph, the head greeted him. My, what big eyes you have. Now he's turning into a fairy tale wolf, thought Murph to himself. To distract from the strained atmosphere, he grabbed his mum's hand and started to pull her through the gates with a cheery... Shall we have a look around then? Yes, yes, said Mr Superman, following them. Allow me to give you a tour of our perfectly standard school facilities, uh, Mrs Katie. No, no, it's fine, insisted Murph. I'll do it. Nay, nay, countered the head, wagging a roguish finger and sounding increasingly unhinged. I must be allowed to escort your, uh, charming Cooper, that is to say, Mrs. Mother. He held out an elbow and waggled his eyebrows. Murph's mum grabbed onto his arm, needing both hands to do so, and was practically lifted off her feet as he swept off into the school grounds. Ordinary cloakrooms over here, just as you'd find in a, any normal school, he told her, waving his free arm as they went. Murph cringed. The head was totally overdoing the whole ordinary school bit, but he couldn't think of any way to get the message across. Conventional playing fields out the back there. Mr Superman continued. Running track, uh, hurdles, couple of sand pits, all very, very ordinary. No, it's very nice, encouraged Katie, thinking the head was being a little too modest about the school facilities. It's all lovely, really very, very special. Mr Superman stopped short. Special, he said a little sharply. No, it isn't. It really is, said Murph's mum kindly. Murph always tells me how special this place is. Does he? asked the head suspiciously, turning to Murph. Do you? Yes, like every boy thinks his school and his friends are special, said Murph. It's a perfectly normal thing to say. Good! Excellent, said the head. I wouldn't want the wonderful Katie mother thinking it's some kind of mad school, like a school for superheroes or something. <laughs> it's safe to say Mr. Superman was panicking. Let's go inside, shall we, Mr. Superman? said Murph, a little desperately. And see if some of the other families are here at, um, parents' morning. Ah, yes, the other families. Super! No, n- not super. Excellent. Just. Excellently normal, blubbered Mr Superman, sweating freely from his forehead, nose and indeed eyelashes. His face looked like a glazed donut. Murph rolled his eyes. This really shouldn't be that complicated. Finally, we've got a really fun guest in the Fun Kids studio. It's the author, Abby Elphinstone. Hello. Hello. Um, How are you doing? Really, really well, thanks. Great to be here. You seem to be very, very busy indeed. Yeah. Three books publishing this year, so we're not taking it easy. We're really, yeah, going for it. (laughs) Yeah, so you've got got a brand new book out for World Book Day, which is called Everdark. Yes. Now, um, first of all, I just want to say, World Book Day books often are quite, um, because they're a bit smaller than usual, this is well packed in with stuff like it's smaller writing it's a big story yeah we we only had a certain amount of pages to play with yeah and i'd written this story and we looked at where we could possibly cut it to fit into those pages and we thought no it's you know it's a story that's fully fleshed out and it needs to all be in there so it's we had to shrink the type size the font size to kind of get all the story in (laughs) it's amazing so it's a story of smudge yes who is 11 and uh she goes on a bit of an epic adventure with i was gonna say pet but not pet at all really with her friend unlikely friend yeah yeah 
Can you tell our listeners a bit more about it? Yeah, so Everdark is set in the kingdom of Crackledorn, where sunlight is made for our world. And um, basically, all these magical kingdoms, Rumblestar, Jungle Drop, um, Silvercrag, and Crackledorn, make weather for our world. And in Everdark, there is a tw- uh, no, 11-year-old girl called Smudge, who is overlooked and largely forgotten, and she dreams of being noticed one day. And it's also the story of Smudge, who is, sorry, Bartholomew, who is a very grumpy monkey who longs to retire. And together they set sail in a magical boat called the Coddywomple to cross the treacherous North Swirl, the really scary part of the ocean, to capture um, a creature, an evil creature who has risen from the forests of Everdark with the sole aim of stealing all the magic in Crackledawn for herself. So it's a story of enchanted trapdoors and silver whales, um, secret maps and sea witches, but also a story about unlikely friends and unexpected heroes. It is an epic adventure. Um, I read it and really, really enjoyed it. It's just so... Thank you. It's just non-stop. Yeah. It just keeps on going. <laughs> I know. And every time you think, oh, this will be fine, and then something else happens, you're like, oh my goodness, no! So I know. Do? It's sort of a hard balance. You want to create moments where characters grow, yeah. so you slow the pace a little bit down, so you can give them room to breathe, room to change. So it's a mix of, yeah, fast pace, but also hopefully some moments where Smudge learns that it's okay to be wildly different from everybody else, um, and it's often in your differences that you go on to work out what you're really, really good at. I also enjoyed Bartholomew being grumpy, but also he cares. Yeah. He cares as much because he's been kind of bound to her, right, by some magic. Exactly. So at the beginning, um, she she sort of meets this monkey, Bartholomew, and she just thinks he's got nothing to say for himself. He doesn't speak ever. Um, and he's always in a bad mood. And she just can't think why the lofty husks, they're a group of elves who are known for their long life, extreme wisdom and terrible jokes. Um, but they've given her this monkey because she's always getting into trouble and always finishing bottom in the class and everything. She's actually dyslexic. Um, I'm dyslexic and I wanted to write oh, a right. heroine okay. that was dyslexic. Oh. And So we um, have this monkey who was meant to help her, but does absolutely nothing, follows her around in a grump. Then as the story goes on, you work out that he has got a voice up until now. He hadn't wanted to use it because he hasn't felt that Smudge has said anything <laughs> worthwhile. <laughs> but suddenly he starts speaking and he grows to understand that Smudge is a really wonderful girl and her talents may not be obvious. Sometimes with dyslexic you know, children, maybe their spelling's not that great or their handwriting is totally messy. And that's exactly the same as Smudge. But she's the one that goes on to save the unmapped kingdoms. And I think that's an important message that sometimes it's the unlikely mm-hmm. heroes and heroines that end up shining now um i read somewhere is this a prequel yeah to something else you've got coming out very exactly soon? so in may um i've got a book called rumble star mm-hmm. coming out which is a full-length story so well book day books are slightly smaller as we said and everdark is the prequel to this whole world so i basically was sitting in my writing shed one day um and i started thinking back to all the incredible skies i'd seen on the adventures i'd been on to research my other books and pink sunrises, orange sunsets, um, rain that conjures waterfalls and um, sort of makes waterfalls roar and conjures um, rainbows. And I thought, what if the grown-ups have got it all wrong about our world? What if it's not science and geography behind the weather, but magic? Mm. Um, what if there are drizzle hags brewing rain and snow trolls mixing moon syrup with cloud wisp to make snow? And this idea of these unmapped kingdoms came about, each kingdom responsible for a different weather for our world. And Rumblestar, the book in May, is the story of Casper Tock and Utterly Thankless. So Casper's from our world and Utterly's from the kingdom of Rumblestar. And together they go on an adventure again to save the unmapped kingdoms from 
the magic of Morgue and her midnights. Oh my goodness. Well, when that book comes out, definitely come back to Fun Kids. Yeah, I'd love to. I basically want to read it right now. (laughs) Uh, And then we can chat about it then. Yes, that'd be awesome. Uh, How important was it for you to make a World Book Day book? Was that like quite a big deal? Huge. Um, I had 96 rejections um, from... Uh, literary agents on the books I wrote um, before I got my first book deal. So I had seven years of people writing me letters saying, you're not good enough, you know, this isn't quite right yet. Um, So now to be writing a book that every single kid in the UK and Ireland has the opportunity to get for free with a voucher is nothing short of extraordinary. Um, so it's a really good feeling. Now, um, for all authors, I do a little quick-fire round of questions. Excellent. If that's okay. Um, I thought I'd do that with you right now, just to get yes. a feel for, you know, who you are as an author. Um, so the first one, super easy. Uh, I can almost predict what you're going to say. Books or Kindles? Books. There we go. Because when you turn the pages, you can almost hear the pages whisper. <gasps> yeah. But I mean, I could predict it, but I couldn't predict that answer. That was a lovely oh. answer. Um, heroes or Villains. Heroes, if they're kids, because there's nothing more satisfying than a brave kid saving the day. Amazing. A weather-predicting pebble or a danger-predicting cutlass? Ooh. Oh, mm. a danger-predicting cutlass, because I quite like that the weather is so unpredictable and you never know what you're going to get. Oh, good answer. That was okay. Um, film adaptation or TV adaptation? Normally I'd say film, but recently um, I saw a trailer for His Dark Materials, the Northern Lights coming with BBC, and I thought, ooh, that's going to be a a TV adaption one that I'm going to love. Writing or reading? Writing if it's a first draft, because anything seems possible. If it's editing and you're all tangled up with the knots of, this has got to change, you've got to move that paragraph, then reading. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Would you rather camp in a treehouse or in a tent? Treehouse? Me too. Hogwarts or Narnia? (laughs) Narnia, because I reckon few things would be more satisfying than treading in Narnian snow. Oh, be quite yes. like, yeah, good snow, I reckon. A laptop or write by hand? Write by hand initially. So, as I said, I'm dyslexic, so I really need to scribble and draw. I draw all my scenes before I write them, okay. um, and then I take everything to the laptop. Roald Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? Roald Dahl. I love his playfulness and his sense of wonder. I thought you might say that. Esker or Moll? You are being mean now. <laughs> Oh, Mole because she's my first heroine, but Esca because I knew her to write a bit more, so I think she's probably a better developed character. I'll give you both the <laughs> Yeah. Would you rather a bookshop visit or a school tour? A school visit, but with a wonderful bookseller sell- selling your books, because it's lovely to meet your audience, the kids in schools. Do you write nine to five or do you write when you fancy? Oh, I write whenever I can, rather than I fancy. I've got a little baby at home, so it is just any moment I can, just when the baby sleeps, when I'm lucky enough to have childcare, in the middle of the night, if I can't sleep, anywhere. <laughs> and finally, the big one, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Easy, salt and vinegar. Um, well, salt and vinegar, it, I don't, don't mind the rest of the answers, but salt and yeah. vinegar is the mm. one I care about the yeah. most. You do judge honest. people, yeah, on their answer for that. Oh, yeah. he- heavily, <laughs> you, more than you think. Um, so thank you so much, that was perfect. You gave... Um, very great answers to those oh, questions. Oh, thank you. Um, so we should say everybody can go and get the brand new World Book Day book from you. It's called Everdark. And uh, if you've got tokens from school or in newspapers or however people have got them, they can go get it right now. Exactly, yes. Perfect. <laughs> and we look forward to seeing your brand new books in May. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no worries, Abby Alphonson. Thank you so much for coming by. Bye. All right, that's pretty much the end of the Fun Kids Book Club today. Thank you so much to Imogen for her book recommendations, to Stephen Butler for Greg James and Chris Smith and to Abby Elphinstone as well. They were all proper brilliant I think I've got time to squeeze in the answer to my book Brain Buster. The question was, in Peter Pan, what was Tinkerbell originally called? Was it A, Tippy Toe, B, Sparkle Wing, or C, Fairy Fly? Well, the answer is Tippy Toe. 
Yeah, there you go. If you knew that, congratulations. If you didn't, well, you do now. Don't worry about it. Uh, we'll be back super soon with the next Book Club podcast. If you've liked this, remember to subscribe and download, tell your friends, read more books, and I'll see you next time. Bye. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.